All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of Where the Wild Things Grow. This is your host, Samantha Smith, Master Certified Life Coach, Spiritual Coach, and owner of Sacred Blue Transitions. So, if you guys, if you guys can't tell, uh, I'm sick. <laughs> um, it's not the Rona, thankfully. I got tested and my results came back negative, so I mean, I'm, I'm good, but uh, I am sick. Um, you know, it's, it's that time of the year. I do have a four-year-old son, so I mean, y'all do the math. Um, anyway, I'll probably be sniffling and maybe coughing and sneezing and sounding like absolute shit uh, throughout this entire episode, I'm sure. So, um, just kind of, uh, bear with me, I guess, because, uh, you know, the show must go on. All right, moving on. So today's episode is titled Unity, and the sole purpose is basically to give everyone some insight regarding my personal belief system. Um, Also, later on, I will be interviewing uh, three special guests who, I mean, they, they subscribe to all sorts of different religious and spiritual labels, so... Um, that should be interesting. Um, and as they're discussing their belief system, uh, I, I really want you guys to like focus on patterns that may arise. All right, I, w- I want you guys to 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 really focus on the similarities that you notice. Um, and uh, my hope is that by showcasing these similarities amongst the belief systems, that maybe, just maybe, we'll start to realize that we're not so different from each other. And maybe, just maybe, (laughs) we can work toward, like, religious and spiritual unity as opposed to constantly fighting each other over who's right and wrong. Uh, But anyway, um, yeah, so I guess let's just begin so I personally uh, grew up in a Baptist household we were pretty avid churchgoers actually Um, Sunday morning Bible study followed by service Um, we would even go Wednesday evenings to service as well and uh, I remember as a kid my parents had also sent me to like vacation Bible school during summer breaks so that was a whole thing. And um, the other adults and kids were, like, always kind. You know, they, they, were, they were nice. I never felt like they didn't like me. Um, they seemed to accept the person that I portrayed while I was there, if that makes sense. Um, and, and I say betray... Not betrayed, Jesus. Sorry, I'm all medicated, so just... <laughs> Again, bear with me. Um, not betrayed, but portrayed. Um, because I was very tomboyish as a kid. Um, even now, um, you know, I present myself in a very masculine manner, I guess. Um, I prefer to wear men's clothing over women's clothing and all that fun stuff. So, um, as a kid, I was tomboyish, but going to church I was required to wear dresses and skirts and pretend to be this pretty little prissy girl (laughs) um 
So the person that I feel as though I was portraying was not the same person that I actually felt like I was. But anyway, um, I, I did always have a lot of questions, um, that, you know, I, I was always taught that I shouldn't have regarding, (laughs) uh, Christianity, you know, um, I don't know. I guess I would th- being Baptist. Well, even in the Catholic, I guess, because my my grandmother's Catholic anyway. Um but yeah, I was always told like, you know, don't don't question God, don't question the Bible, don't question what you learn in church. Like you're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. Don't question anything, you know, but I mean, I always had a lot of questions. I'm a very inquisitive person, just in general. I question pretty much everything all the time. Um, I'm always, like, dissecting and analyzing shit because that's just the way that my mind works. Um, But yeah, as I got older, I determined that my relationship with God was just that. It was mine and mine alone. So at one point, I no longer felt as though I needed other people's permission or guidance or perspectives or interpretations regarding what God was to me. Um, And as time went on, I mean, I sought God in other places of worship. Um, I dabbled into quite a few different forms of organized religion and spirituality Um, And while I was doing that, I started to notice, eventually, (laughs) I started to notice these patterns. Uh, I began to notice that at their fundamental core, all religions are essentially the same. Um, All or most speak of absolute love, peace, and faith. All or most worship in similar ways by praying or setting intentions in some form or fashion. All or most utilize candles, herbs, oils, and like other materials to conduct mass service or rituals. Um, All or most have specific attire requirements either for worshipers or for their like chain of command i guess um all or most have some form of symbolism that represents what they hold near and dear to their hearts and all or most have very similar like stories within their books or scrolls or whatever the case may be that explain certain aspects of life or simply just teach lessons and it was when I came to this realization, you know, when I when I finally put all the puzzle pieces together and I was like, holy crap, like there's there there are patterns here. Like when I finally came to this realization, uh that's when I basically decided to utilize the best parts from all of them. Uh, In my personal opinion, of course, uh, I feel as though organized religions tend to focus on their differences more so than not. Uh, You know, I feel like there's always that kind of argument of, well, I'm right and you're wrong. No, I'm right and you're wrong. No, I'm right and you're wrong, you know? Um, 
but I just feel like with so many core fundamental similarities, like, I don't know, I just, I, I came to the conclusion that it's possible for all of them to be right and all of them to be wrong simultaneously. <laughs> um, so, what do I believe exactly? Well, I believe that we are all derived from one source of consciousness. So one energy. And because I believe in absolute balance, I believe that the energy is essentially neutral, but it can lean toward what we consider to be good or bad at any moment. Um, and I believe that this soul source of energy is like far beyond our comprehension. Uh, I don't believe it adheres to our knowledge or our gender roles or our laws and principles. I feel like those are all very human things that we kind of created. And um, I believe that whatever this um, consciousness, whatever this source energy is, um, I think it's far beyond us, far beyond our comprehension, far beyond our level of understanding. Um, and I do believe that the best way to get in tune with this energy, this consciousness, this soul source, is to basically get in tune with ourselves. Because, again, we are all derived from this one energy. I mean, everything in the universe. We as a species, all the animals, all the plants, this planet, um, the universe that we know um, is all derived from this same energy. And the best way to get in touch with it is to get in touch with ourselves. So <laughs> I also believe that because this energy created the universe that we know, um, it gave us these physical vessels and put us on this physical planet. So our physical vessels being our bodies, this physical planet being Earth. And um, I believe that because of the connectedness, uh, connectedness of it all, um, I believe that it has the source has tied our physical ve vessels to this planet with the four main elements that we all know. So earth, air, fire, and water. Um, and for the record, I this is probably going to sound weird or even crazy, but I, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I don't believe that there are only four main elements, so the earth, air, fire, and water. Um, I actually believe that those are the four main elements that connect us to this planet but i do believe that there are other planets out there with other vessels that exist and i wouldn't be surprised if their main four elements or whatever are different than ours you know um our understanding of the universe and other planets and entities that may or may not exist, I mean, is very limited. You know, we, we don't really know what's out there. I mean, we can speculate all day long, but we don't really know. And um, so, yeah, I mean, 
I believe in the possibility that what we know is true, but what we know has limitations. Um, So yeah, I believe that the combination of being in tune with ourself and being in tune with the earth um, basically gives us an opportunity to strengthen our connection to the source. Um, And my practices, I guess if you could call them, um, include, you know, candles and herbs, oils. Um, I do set intentions and I do pray. Um, It's not the... I mean, most common or recognized form of prayer, but I mean, I I, I do pray. Um, And I mean, my ultimate belief, um, I believe in and hope for unconditional love and peace. I mean, that's, I think, what we all kind of believe in, really. I feel like we all want to feel loved unconditionally and um when I say peace I mean in every aspect, you know. Um inner peace being the main one though. Um but yeah. Uh the symbolism I guess that I personally choose to showcase um which isn't really just one form of symbolism like a cross to represent Christianity or whatever. Um, I prefer to choose some form of sacred geometry because I feel as though that is a very clear uh, representation of the connectedness that I believe in so much. Um, And I don't really like to subscribe to labels. I actually really fucking hate labels. Um, I mean, I, I understand that, like, as a species, like, we try to understand things the best that we can, and it makes us feel better to have labels, but I, I really hate them. Um, but yeah, so, so I don't subscribe to any label per se, but if I had to make a choice, if I had to choose some form of organized religion or spirituality that was closest to what I believe... Um, I would say probably hermetic philosophy, which if you guys don't know what hermetic philosophy is, if, if you get a minute, just kind of do a little research, look it up. Um, but basically it shows up in several different organized religions and forms of spirituality very often. And actually, um... For those of you who may know of, like, the law of attraction, or even more specifically, I guess, the self-help book titled The Secret, um, I mean, (laughs) that is all derived from hermetic philosophy. So, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, but anyway, uh, enough about me. (laughs) Um, of course, if you guys have any questions about, I don't know, me, myself, or you know, my, my belief system or whatever, I mean, feel free to reach out, you know, shoot me an email or find a sacred blue transitions on Facebook or Instagram or something and send me a message or whatever. Like I'm always open to have, uh, discussions with people about, I mean, anything and everything. So, um, 
But yeah, anyway, so like I said, enough about me. Um, I'm now going to move into um, introducing my guests and interviewing them. Uh, so I, I hope that you guys, you know, may have learned something. Um, and again, keep an eye out for those patterns as I'm talking to my guest, okay? Because at the end of this, I want you to be able to take away at least the new knowledge that there are similarities and we're not so different. So, uh, anyways, I would now like to introduce you to my first very special guest, um, actually the one, the only, Granny Smith. Um, she is my paternal grandmother. I love her dearly. So say hello to everyone, Granny. Hello, y'all. <laughs> Hope you have a blessed day. All right. So, Granny, tell us a little bit about yourself and your religious beliefs. Well, I am a born Catholic. My parents were Catholic, so that's what I am also. It's um, never changed my mind on the Catholic uh, religion. And I am a believer. I believe in God strongly. I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ and the Blessed Mother Mary. Um, I was born in Sudetenland, and then um, we moved to West Germany. From there, then I met my husband. 1966, we came to Fort Hood, Killeen. I was not very surprised, more disappointed, <laughs> because Europe is a bit of a different you know, all countries are different, let's say this way. Right. Um, so, you were born and raised in Germany, and your parents were Catholic, you were raised Catholic. Uh, tell me about, like, as far back as you can remember, tell me a little bit about, like, your religious experiences going to church with your parents. Like, how, how, how was that for you? Well, it was every Sunday we went to church, the whole family. Mom always dressed us up as cute little girls. Though we were poor people, but always clean and always looking nice. And um, I still have a picture of my church where I was going to. So uh, Catholics are being baptized within the first week. They have a godmother that holds the baby when it's being baptized. And then uh, at the age of about seven, eight, we take First Communion. This is our second uh, sacrament, where we receive for the first time the body of Christ. And those are the, the little wafers, right? These are the little, uh, yes. This is little wafers. And... Uh, we can receive that every day, and at times uh, we can also get to drink the wine, which is, uh, is the blood of Christ. Mm. So after that comes then uh, uh, the confirmation. That is when the Holy Spirit enlightens our, our mind and heart to what 
it, uh, religion is about and what the Lord and God our Father has the love that he has for us. And we can believe in that and we pray daily, morning, evening, and during the days for our meals. We thank the God for the meals that we receive to strengthen our body. And we go to confessions to confess our sins ever so often. Some people go more often than others. So when you came to the United States, or even now, um, when you were still going to Mass prior to COVID-19 and stuff, did the, the Catholic Church that you attended in Germany differ in any way from the church that you go to now? Well, no, not too much. It's, well, you have to understand, uh, I was raised German, and then when you go to a different place, there will always be some little difference in it. Mm. And, um, but all in all, it, it's all the same. It's all the same. Only here in the USA, they don't have the processions like they have in Europe and still do have processions on special days where the people decorate the houses outside and the streets are always clean. And uh, then they have four altars of east, west, and south and north. And the processions with the all the church members and the bands and other other churches and people, believers come from other towns and they go through town. And it is a, uh, actually it's, a, it's like a 36 hour uh, affair. And it's really wonderful. The people sing and pray. Everything is just very festive in the Catholic church. Because we celebrate and we just had the uh, All Saints and All Souls Day. The 1st of November was All Saints. The 2nd of November, in, as in Europe, was All Souls Day. And over there, they decorate the graves in the graveyard with beautiful branches and flowers that would last during the fall time, and candles, and in the church, also have professions to go through to the graveyard and pray by their graves for all the souls. So I heard you mention something about like candles and stuff like that. Um, so the, the, the Catholic priests, both in Germany and here in the United States, so when they conduct mass or any sort of special event, do they usually use things like candles and sage and oils and stuff like that? Yes. For um, for the baptism, they use the oils and the water. And uh, we have an altar that is absolutely beautiful. And it has six golden candlesticks with six candles on it and the of course the the cross of Jesus Christ and then the Eucharist 
and it's also uh, out. So when when the priest is finished with his preaching and offering up the body of Christ to God our Father, and uh, it is like a transition from when 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 Jesus said who eats my flesh and drinks this blood will have everlasting life. And that is a symbol of his body and blood, which is divine. And this is this little uh, oblet that we receive. Uh, we also have the incense and the uh, the the um our priest he also uh, prays to God and he blesses the body and the blood and then uh, the people can come and line up and receive it and go back to their seats and there is a little prayer they need to pray after that when they receive the body of Christ. Um. There's another. The, the the incense that you speak of what what is the what is the purpose of the incense it it is um i don't know how to explain that i really do not know about that is it uh, used for cleansing or it seems like yeah it seems like it's uh, something that just clears all the other uh Things that could be around the altar and and the body and blood that is being prepared and served there at, on the altar. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so now, obviously, the coronavirus has kind of thrown a wrench in going to church and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, I know that you've been here at home doing a lot of uh praying i I like to call it meditating but praying Mm -hmm. and you know you you tune in to tv to watch certain um right ewtn right so um when you are here at the house doing your thing um do you use candles or water or anything like that no no i do not i um Watch EWTN and uh, listen to the mass, and I follow what what's on TV. Um, I do sit in the chair and uh, observe everything that is, been, and it is a spiritual, a spiritual mass and a spiritual receiving the body of Christ by a prayer. That he. Uh, will come to into our heart at that moment. On special holidays, it is so beautiful and so festive and really glorifying to Father, to our Father in heaven and to Jesus Christ. It seems like all the angels in heaven are singing and praising him. So if, if you could speculate, what would you say uh, Christianity's main agenda is or main goal is here on this planet? The main goal is that we, we are God's children. And uh, the main goal is that we live by the way of our Lord Jesus Christ, which means faith, hope, and love and charity. 
to all neighbors and our even enemies, that we need to be helpful to everybody and love everybody, no matter what. There are no differences. We all God's children. So last question for you before we wrap things up. And this may be a little difficult for you, of course, because I'm sure you can probably think of a million and one times when, uh, like, your faith has helped you through a difficult situation. But um, can you discuss with us a specific situation that comes to mind when your faith has really helped you through a hard time? Yes, my faith does help me through a lot of things which I cannot specify each and everything, but uh, I've been through hard times in my life, but I kept on going, and I would always pray when I drove to work in the mornings, my prayers, and it was always a good day. Because once you get up in the morning and you get up and, and tell yourself if you don't feel all that great, that you are happy and think, positive. Always think positive of how great it is to be alive and to get up and go to work and do your work well. Don't just do a job just, oh, that's good enough, like, you know. It's got to be right. Only then you're going to feel good about what you're doing. Because any job it's not always what we love or like so much, but we are there in order to do it correctly and with love towards all the other co-workers and not to be ugly. And always remember when hard times come, God is there. You All you need to do is pray to him and ask him for your needs, whatever it may be. He allows it. He gives it to you. Maybe not at the same moment, maybe longer, maybe years, but it will come true. There is a time where it comes true. It happened to me one day, and I was praying here at the table, and I could just feel as if there was the presence of my Lord and my Blessed Mother sitting right across from me. I just broke out in tears, but it was so comforting and such a warm feeling inside of my soul and my heart, and it gave me so much relief. And the more I pray, the greater I feel. And I believe strongly in our Lord Jesus Christ. Well. That's good. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Um, so real quick before we end the podcast, or well, the interview, sorry, the interview. Real quick before we end the interview, is there anything that you specifically would like to say to everyone who is listening? Well, I can only say one thing. God our Father is real. He is our creator. Believe in it. Pray to him and ask him for what all it that you need. When you're in trouble with drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be, ask him to help you and forgive you 
you have to tell him that you are sorry for your sins. He will forgive you and you do your daily prayer and it will give you peace, peace of mind. I recommend strongly prayers are very powerful, but you have to say what you mean to be understood and whatever you say, mean it from your heart and see that you can follow up on that. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today, Granny. I really appreciate it. Um, I know that this is new to you, you know, um, technology and, and, and old folks, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes don't always mix. So. What are you talking about old folks here? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, thank you so much for talking You're to welcome. me about this. I, I do really appreciate it. And I know that someone out there listening probably really needed to hear what you had to say about. Hopefully. Yeah. Yes. So, so thank you. Thank You're you welcome. So All right. So I hope that y'all enjoyed hearing from my granny. She's such a sweet old lady. But anyway, I would like to introduce my next very special guest, Vannery Coy, who just so happened to be my roommate when I was living in Washington State for a couple years. And then since then, she's been like an amazing friend to me. And I'm so thankful and honored to have her with me today. So uh, say hello to everyone, Koi Fish. What's up? <laughs> so we're actually video chatting right now because um, I'm not super tech savvy and I couldn't figure out how to um, do this over my phone. So her and I are actually video chatting and I'm recording it. So bear with us. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so uh, Koi Fish, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your religious beliefs. So I am Cambodian Thai and Chinese, and my belief is Buddhism, specifically Theravada Buddhism. It's one of the oldest um, practice of Buddhism out there. Nice. And have you always been Buddhist? Yes, pretty much born, raised Buddhist. So your your family, your parents and stuff like that, they were Buddhist as well? Yep. Nice. And so tell me a little bit about Buddhism, I guess, and how you guys go about worshiping. Well, so specifically Theravada Buddhism, it's all about oneself. So um, you try to live a life that does no harm to yourself or someone else, but your the main objective of it is to eventually reach nirvana which is no more reincarnation no more rebirth you just go into the universe you know be one with the universe but that's hard to do so in the life that you're currently in like the present life you do everything to earn your way closer to nirvana does that make sense yeah yeah i mean it makes sense like um, like everything you do um you try to do good for yourself for somebody else for the planet you know yeah 
So yeah. so it, so it's like you have like X amount of good deeds that you're supposed to do until you reach Nirvana, or yeah, um, those deeds we call those merits. So um, we have a lot of rituals and ceremonies that we do like yearly. Um, like let's say for example, the last one that just passed was in September, and that's kind of our Halloween. It's our ancestral day. Mm-hmm. And what we do on that day is um, we put out offerings and go to the temple. And those offerings are merits not just for us, but just are for ancestors too. Because we don't know if our ancestors got reincarnated to a good life or to a life that um, they have to work harder on because they did some bad things, you know, like bad karma. Mm. So since I'm alive, I'm gonna help them out while I help myself out. So I do good for me, but it also works for them. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So you mentioned that like you like present offerings and stuff like that do you have like an altar or something that you put these offerings on yeah it can be something as simple as you know just um a picture of your ancestor or a picture of a dead relative including a little um buddhist statue and you have like a candle that you light first and then you use that candle to light three incense um and those kind of just lights that guides the spirit you know towards you all that yeah cool so elaborate like like that okay so it so it can be pretty simple then Yeah, yeah very simple um it can look a little bit more um what's the word special during like new year's our cambodian new year's which is in april or like ancestral day or like death anniversaries you know yeah okay and um so you mentioned that you you know like candles and incense and stuff um is that something Mm -hmm. that's typically used during rituals and stuff like that yeah so very old school traditional Theravada Buddhism back in the day was also um, considered animism, you know, Mm. where it's very spiritual, um, where it has to do with magic and things like that. So that's where the candle and the incense come from. Modern day wise, you don't need those the candle specifically to light the incense, you can just light it with a lighter. You <laughs> right. Know? right. But it just depends on how you want to interpret the belief. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> um, tell me a little bit about like so I I know that you go to the temple every so often. Um right. tell everyone a little bit about the temple and kind of what happens at the temple when you go. Okay. So at the temple, um we have monks that actually live there and um, there's about four or five of them and they're the one that are they have permission to 
um, chant these special uh, teachings and um, they because Buddhism the language is in it's a dead language that we use it's not like I'm Cambodian and they don't use Cambodian words in these chants they use um, it's called Pili mm. it's almost close to Sanskrit you know mm-hmm. um, so when we go we always have to bring offerings for the monks because they have a closer connection to you know the spiritual world and all that um when we go the first thing you do is you just sit down you light your candle light your incense and you ask for a blessing for yourself and then as soon as everybody's is um, gathered in the temple we'll all sit down um, below the monk we never sit above because the monk represents buddha and buddha is always above the waist and um, the monk will start with the blessing chant and the chant it's not like a worship where we're worshiping buddha it's more like thanking him for his teachings mm. like they'll start out as um today we're gonna thank buddha for um teaching us how to be grateful for life and um thank him for the teaching of how to commit good karma and good deeds and so on and so forth and then you know it's really simple after the blessing we all um we all eat together and us you know and it's literally a huge family gathering we just all eat from the we all have our own plate of rice of course rice right but then we like several different plates of food and we all just pick out from the same plate it's yeah it's it's really nice and um after that uh they will have plenty of holy water blessed holy water if you can you can take that home with you you can water your plant with it you can drink it you can um keep it at your altar um and yeah, that's pretty much pretty much what temple is all about. Nice. It um, you know, it's it's funny that you mentioned holy water because I feel like when people think about holy water, they think Christianity only. So the fact that holy mm-hmm. water is also represented in your Buddhist religious system is, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's interesting. Yeah. And I assume that yeah. the monks probably bless it and whatnot before yep, they have they use um a bowl it's either out of wood or out of like um some kind of metal aluminum and they'll have two candlesticks they're either white candlesticks or orange candlesticks and as the candle melts um into the water is also during the chanting the chanting goes on until all the candles melted away mm. and that's our that's our holy water nice that's cool Mm -hmm. so let me ask you this if you had to speculate what would you say like um buddhism's main goal is or main agenda is here on this planet main goal Hmm. well speaking specific from theravada as it's one about oneself my main goal would be 
gosh, that's a hard question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just to leave this world in a positive way. You know, like, you know, everybody wants, when you die, you want to be remembered for your good. You know, that's basically what Buddhism is, like, just try to live a good life. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, just that, live a good life, folks. <laughs> I mean, that that's a good answer. Is that what your question was? Yeah. 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 Cause, um, <clears throat> so like er earlier I had, uh, interviewed granny, right. And obviously she's Catholic. And so I, I asked her the same question and, uh, you know, about Christianity and what she believes the main goal of Christianity is. And she basically in a nutshell kind of said the same thing, which was, you know, I mean, hers was a little different because, you know, she's like, well, you know, I believe that we're all children of God and I believe that we need to live the same way that Jesus did, which is love everybody and do good deeds and help each other. And yeah, right. So, yeah, I mean, that's basically, I mean, kind of the same answer minus Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, um also another question um and i i asked her the same question so it it, it may be kind of hard to pinpoint but well maybe not um has there ever been a difficult time in your life that you can remember specifically when your religious beliefs helped you mm, that's a hard question because okay because buddhism can be a religion and a non-religious belief. So I like, for example, a lot of people don't know this, mm -hmm. but I was actually baptized a Mormon. Were you really? Well, years old because, because the elders, okay, let me, I'm backtracking. <laughs> um, so the elders that came to my house spoke fluent Cambodian because you know, on their two year mission, they went to Cambodia. And so that, like, my mom got suckered into it, and I went to church from, I don't know, 12 until I was, like, 18, and blah, blah, blah. But the thing with Buddhism, as my point is, the thing with Buddhism is you can be whatever religion and still practice Buddhism. Like, it's a philosophy, a lifestyle kind of thing, you know? Like, it's not... You don't have to go to the temple every Sunday. You don't, we don't have a Bible to read out of. It's just, you know, you get it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, see, I see what you're saying. Like, um, like it's, um, it's like a philosophy almost. Like you can choose to believe in this philosophy yeah. and follow the ways of being a good person and doing good deeds and right. yeah but still believe in other like religions right. if you want to yeah right so, so back to your question um whenever i go through hardship or like grief i don't really linger in it long because wisdom taught me that suffering is a part of life mm. um 
no matter <laughs> how much you try to avoid it, it's going to be there one way or another. So some, sometime when certain things happen, I can seem a little careless, but that's not the case. It's just that, okay, I'm going to day one, I'm going to, yeah, let it bother me. But day two is just like, okay, I can't linger in this forever because it's out of my control type of you know yeah so that's what buddhism has taught me it's that suffering is just it's gonna happen and i'll get over it <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah um i mean and and that that makes sense um i <laughs> It's funny because every once in a while I'll tell Paula, you know, like feel what you need to feel, but don't build a home there. You know, like you, your feelings are valid. Right. You're allowed to have a knee jerk reaction to whatever is going on in your life, right. but don't build a home there and decide to live in it forever. And, um, of course, you know, I'm great at giving advice, but I'm horrible at taking my own advice. So <laughs> I think everybody's a little bit like that, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Easier safe than dead type thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you <laughs> mentioned that you had been baptized into Mormonism, basically, which I had no idea about until just now, I don't think. I don't think we ever talked about that, like, ever. No, it's not something I talk about. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it. If, if I'm not asked about it, then I'm not going to talk about it type thing, you know? Right. Dude, it, it's yeah. just weird because, like, I've known you for <laughs> how long have I known you for? Since, like, 2012, and I'm just now finding yeah. this out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Also, my mom also got suckered in because the Mormon branch that we went into mm -hmm. was specifically an Asian branch, and it was 99% like Cambodian. Mm. There you go. I mean, yeah. Well, can you blame her? You know, it's like birds of a feather flock together. You know, she wanted to be around mm -hmm. her her people, mm -hmm. I guess. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, so let me ask you this, because obviously we've kind of discussed that Buddhism is kind of more so a philosophy than a than a specific organized religion. Um, do you believe in or subscribe to any other form of religion or spirituality? No, I'm very, very open-minded to just about any beliefs out there. I can't think of one that I wouldn't want to learn about. Yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, Buddhism has just taught me just to be open-minded to everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. that's amazing and in my own personal opinion I think that that's great because um, I feel like a lot of other ideologies I guess don't really share that same uh, <laughs> belief system so last question before we wrap up the interview based off of your spirituality if you could share anything with the people that are listening right now um like word of advice wisdom anything what is it that you would say to them what would i share with the people um give them something good girl 
from a Buddhist point of view, everything you do in this life will follow you to your next life and your next life and your next life. So right now, presently, make sure you're living a life that you can be proud of in your next one, you know, because in each life, there's going to be a little mark where you're going to look at it and be like, whoa, I've seen that somewhere or I've heard that somewhere, you know, or you meet people be like, I feel like I know you, but I don't know you, mm-hmm. you know, so just be good to yourself. That's, that's all I got. That That's be good to yourself. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sure somebody out there probably needed to hear that. Um, I feel like a lot of times being good to ourselves kind of gets pushed on the back burner. Um, and I mean, you know, it's it, it it's easy to lose your path, you know? So um, thinking about it from a Buddhist perspective and how, you know, it's basically rollover minutes, like... <laughs> If we're talking old school phones and stuff, like you know, our our yeah. every everything that we yeah. do in this life rolls over. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> well, I'm really thankful that you decided to talk with me today. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for including me. Yeah, of course. I, you know, I've always enjoyed talking to you about. I mean, all sorts of stuff from conspiracy theories at like three o'clock in the morning. Oh, man. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we we used to pull all-nighters and we would drink energy drinks and we would talk about conspiracy theories. Yeah, especially when I used to do graveyard shifts. Mm, Come yeah. home early in the morning to talk about everything. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I've I've always enjoyed talking to you. I've always valued your opinion on stuff. So, I mean, again, seriously, Hello. thank you for talking to me about this. Anytime. All right. So I hope that you guys enjoyed hearing from Vanny. Um, now I'm going to introduce my next guest, uh, my longtime friend Rhonda Haliski. Um, her and I have known each other for, oh my god, I don't know. How long have we known each other? <laughs> Since I was, like, in middle school? Yeah, I think the first time I met you was at one of your football games at Nolan. Oh, yeah, maybe. Wow, yeah. Yeah, that was such a long time ago. <laughs> god. Yeah. Well, anyway, um... I've asked her here today to obviously discuss her religious beliefs and whatnot um, because they are much different than the first two guests that I spoke to already. So, um, Rhonda, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I guess let's just dive right in. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and your religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs. Uh, a little bit about me. Let's see. Um, I grew up here in Colleen. Um, my mom was Christian, so I grew up with mostly Christian beliefs. And um, when I got to Texas, I was married um, to a soldier who was very Christian. And every time I would question my beliefs, he always found an answer that would kind of subdue the 16-year-old mind where I was like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. Okay, that makes sense. 
And, you know, he was very big on you need to be saved and you need to do things, you know, we're Baptist. So we were members of Memorial Baptist Church and you need to do it this way. And, you know, every time I had a question, somebody always got an answer that I thought, okay, because I couldn't justify it not being right. So I just assumed it was right and kind of followed that path until I finally got old enough and in my spiritual mind would say this doesn't make any sense and could question people with the right wording so that they could see where I was coming from and know they couldn't answer my questions without making themselves look like hypocrites or making themselves look bad or saying, yeah, you're probably right, but we don't do that way. and We don't talk about that. And that kind of reminded me of like old school Catholic stuff where they're like, oh, we can't tell you about that or we don't do it like that anymore. And so I kind of just left a bad taste in my mouth. So that was while I was here. Um, then when Joe, my ex-husband, when he got PCS, they went to Florida. I, uh, we continued down the Christian path for a little bit and we joined a first Baptist church in Florida. And it was a super huge church. One of those that are like on TV and stuff on Sundays. And I sang in the choir and my kids did all the kids churches. And I did like, if the church door was open, I was there working, doing whatever I could to, you know, that was how we were supposed to get to heaven, right? Do our works, our good works, right? So I'm doing it in my good works and I'm exhausted because I'm working two jobs because my husband was a deadbeat. He only worked a part-time job. Well, part-time job doesn't feed your kids. So I'm working two jobs and I'm busting my tail at this Baptist church. And I see the pastor outside of the church. And so I walk, you know, and hi, how are you doing, brother? Whatever his name was. And he looks at me like he's never seen me before. Now, mind you, in the Baptist, the Baptist religion, it's frowned upon if you don't tithe at least 10%. So I tied 10% plus 10% for each of my kids because we were always there. So I'm tithing my money at 40%, which is why I had to have two jobs. Because otherwise, I would have been fine. But I'm literally giving almost half my money to the church. This man had no idea who I was. He introduced me at least one Sunday, if not two a month to the congregation, I'm standing next to him singing songs because I was in the choir and he had no idea who I was. And I'm like, that's not how I pictured heaven. You know, that's not how I pictured my church. And so I got to questioning things and I'm like, so I'm, what if Jesus is like pastor, whatever, and I'm doing all these works to get me to heaven and I'm doing all these things. I'm bringing all these people to heaven, AKA church. And I'm here every time the door is open and I'm sweeping them up in because I don't have pastoral care, you know, like I'm just, I'm doing, I'm doing the most at, at the minimal level because nobody knows who I am and I'm singing my heart out. People see me on TV all the time. Like more people knew who I was than he knew who I was. And I was like, he introduced, you introduced me. You handed me your microphone <laughs> for years. Like it wasn't just like, Oh, once or twice. I mean, it was like, Probably from the time we got there and Kayla was one till after Ryan was born. Hmm. So three, four years. And I was like, what if this is like heaven? What if I'm doing all this stuff? And Jesus is like, I don't know who she is. <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit? You know? <laughs> so I'm like, here all my questions come back again. But now I'm not 16. Now I'm not without any prior knowledge of the Bible. I've read the Bible cover to cover. Now I have ammunition where I could say, that's not what it says on this one. That's only what it says in this chapter. But when you're looking at that chapter, that's not 
this isn't the same. And they're all like, no, it's the same time period. Well, it doesn't sound like the same time period. And I just had so many questions and they could not answer me. Or when they did answer me, it wasn't enough for me to say, okay. And just be like, okay, I'll just take this as the truth because you say it is. And so I sort of dibble and dabble my own thing. And I went down a rabbit hole because I was looking for a very ceremonial, this is exactly what you do type religion. So I had been in Colleen, my best friend when I was growing up was Catholic and we were big into wrestling. We were big wrestling fans. Well, in order to go to wrestling, we had to go to church on Sunday to watch the wrestling and stuff on Saturday night. So Saturday night we went to, to um, the regular church mass. Then we could go to wrestling. And then Sunday morning we went to catechism, but I didn't get to partake in anything because I was never baptized as Catholic or given first communion or whatever. So because I was labeled and pushed out, that just made me want to do it more, just like every kid in the world, right? So I'm like, of course, <laughs> if I can't do it, like, I, what do you mean I can't do it, right? So I learned a lot about Catholic and Catholicism and the different ways of, you know, how they set their altars up and why they did what they did, even though they never said we stole this from the pagans until I started researching where I was getting my information from. And I was literally like, the Catholic religion does this too. They just call it something else. And I'm like, oh, that's what they do. And they just call it something else. And that was more like this. I don't feel like, oh, this is some heathen craziness. Like, this is where the Catholics got their information. This is, I mean, like, this is it. Like, this is the, it's the first time I was like, ah, this is the light. Because I could be like, there's a religion now that directly stems from this. And I could put two and two together and make it make sense. There was nothing I could do when we were Baptist where I could say, oh, yes, back in Jesus' days, they did this, and this is what it was called. Right. Because there was nothing. There wasn't nothing for me to link. And this, and I'm not saying that any religions are wrong, because I believe at some point, somewhere, it's probably all the same thing. All spirituality is spirituality to me. And being pagan, I'm very polytheistic. But so were, I mean, all pagans back in the day, in the early days, they were all very polytheistic too but if you all the saints and all the different mothers and all the different things in the in the catholic religion those are all our gods and goddesses so i'm like it all is making sense like i could tie it together and i got really excited and you know anybody that gets really excited about anything especially when they have this idle mind it get it, you go down a rabbit hole real fast so you do a bunch of research real fast and then you have like information overload oh for and sure it's been like <laughs> 20 plus years and i'm still on information overload i still don't have just a paragraph of what i believe and what i don't believe i don't have just a, a blanket form for what i could do and what i can't do because it basically would change every day and to me that's what spirituality is about it's about your personality and you know when i say well i was educated as a nurse so I would like to believe that I'm a healer of some sort, even though I was never trained by a shaman, but I was trained by a doctor, you know, I'm like, I'm a nurse. So that makes me a healer somewhere. And to me, that makes sense. And I'm like, now I'm in the death care industry and no, I wasn't in the Egyptian tombs, you know, in sarcophaguses and, you know, with Anubis taking care of the dead, but I relate to everything that they did. Mm. And so I'm like, now I could definitely be a death doula without any, you know, without that in my eye, I could look at somebody and walk them through death and 
I know that I could make sure that they weren't scared. And not because anybody said I could or couldn't, and not because I was trained and here's your piece of paper saying you could do it. I know I could do it because of my spirituality, my belief system, and what I do every day. And to me, it's what you do every day that makes your spiritual senses work. If you don't live it and you don't do it, then just because you say you're a Catholic or a Christian and you have a cross around your neck does not make you a Catholic or a Christian or a Buddhist or anything. To me, like it's it's what you do every day. And it kind of goes back to that, your works get you to heaven kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it really is your works. It's your daily acknowledgement. And it's not like I have to do a ceremony every day or every day I have to go and speak to the moon. It's not like that. It's just something that you respect in your daily living without even thinking about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. It makes complete and total sense uh, to me. Um, So, quick question, because obviously, like, certain religions or spiritual practices, um, like, for example, uh, Christians, they go to church. uh, Buddhists, they go to a temple. Um, Is there any place for pagans to go to, quote-unquote, worship? Well, we like to say nature, but it doesn't have to be nature. You know, we like to say, you know, we obviously when we say we're grounding, it's best if we can actually go outside and be grounded with the ground. Or we say, oh, she must be a water witch. Well, I'm a water witch, but I don't have to be in the ocean in order to make my magic work. But it helps. And it's probably just all in my mind. But we're, our bodies are made out of water, so I don't need to go anywhere. You know, and when we're grounded, our feet ground us because they touch the ground. So you don't need to do anything. We don't need to go anywhere. Everything we need as pagans, in my opinion, we have on our bodies because our air is our breath. You know, our blood could be our fire because it's red and it's where our passion goes. And without it, we would die just like without heat and without light, we would die. You know, our bodies are made out of water, obviously, and we're grounded every day. So pagans can go to nature, but all they have to do really is go to themselves and look inside themselves. Nice. Okay. And so you guys perform like ceremonies and rituals and things of that nature, correct? Yes. Uh, How often would you say that you do that? So every full moon, every new moon, and then there's uh, different holidays, just like in the regular calendar year, how you have Christmas, we have Yule. And instead of having Easter, we have Ostara. And like I was saying with the Catholic thing and um, being able to pull each individual lesson from it when I was like, so Christmas is our Yule and it makes sense. And it's our son being born, our S-U-N son being reborn. And then in the Christian world, it's their S-O-N son being reborn. So I'm like, that that can't be a coincidence when it's a three days apart. You know, because ours is on the solstice and there's just happens to be on the 25th, you know, and the same thing with Ostara. It's, you know, the rebirth of our S-U-N and it's the rebirth of their S-O-N, you know. So I was like, somewhere somebody was like, let's just take the parts that work for us, which is kind of eclectic, which is how I am. So I don't fault anybody for anything that they believe, because if it works for you. And it's making a difference in your life, regardless of what it's called. If it's working for you, I think you should do it. But when I could finally put two and two together, when I could finally say, I don't, when before I was like, I don't know why they're doing this. But then when you could, when you see the magic, when it all 
gets put together, it's so invigorating and you're like, the light comes on and you're like, now I know, you know, it's almost right. like solving one of the new math questions when you're like, I know how to get the answer, but how did you get the answer? Cause I sure can't do new math at all. It's like, Oh, now I get it. I can't do new math it's and I couldn't do old math. So <laughs> I was like, what is happening? When in doubt, pick C. Exactly. <laughs> I'll make a snake. It looks pretty. <laughs> so, um, during these, uh, ceremonies or these rituals, um, whether it's a special occasion or not, uh, do you guys use like candles and herbs, oils, or any other materials? It's, it depends on what your high priestess is doing and what her intent is for the ritual itself. We don't need any of that. Like I said, all you need is your body, but any kind of ritual tools or magical tools, we basically use them for tools and they do what they're supposed to do. Um, and basically it's like, it just helps you acknowledge and it helps you teach. In my opinion, I can do the exact same ritual with nothing, or I can do the exact same ritual with the most elaborate, beautiful tools. And because I'm very ceremonial, the things with all the tools and the candles and the fluff and the oils and the flowers and all the sparkly lights and, you know, all the ceremony, everybody talks at once kind of thing that appeals to me. So when I do rituals, I like to imply all of those things and use it. And I use them as tools and I try to tell people what I'm doing and why I'm doing it so that when they get home, if they wanted to ever do their own, they wouldn't need me, but I don't need any of those things. Like I can do my all in Catholics. They have a very, very similar altar to what I set up. And, but they won't tell you why they set it up that way and you're not allowed to touch it. And most people, most of the time where you can't see it. So if I'm doing a ritual that has a very sacred intent, then I may do something similar too. I may set the altar up and then cover it with lace or cover it with something um, where you can see through it, but you can't touch it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when it's basically when I put everything I have into it and then I hold it. And when I call what I call a holding sacred space. I do everything I need to do. It's cleansed. I've put all the water in there. I've put all the oils in there, all my ceremonial magic, everything that I'm going to use to use as tools. But then I don't want anybody to mess with it. And it's not because if somebody touches it, now it's ruined. It's just, it's all very symbolic. Gotcha. Just like any other altar, just like a wedding altar. If it was set up and the wind blew it down, you would still be married. It just wouldn't look as pretty. <laughs> it's That's right. the same way. You know, I have, if I have a, a new moon altar and I have it all set up and it gets knocked over, my magic is not gone. The, the moon is not going to not shine the next day. It just, it doesn't look as pretty and it might not flow as well. But when you have the tools and you, you know, it's like somebody reading from a book or somebody reading the book and telling you about it, that's the difference. You're still going to get the same message. It's just one's going to be very straightforward and the other one's going to be very elaborate. If they're going to read it word for word versus telling you what's about. And that's kind of how I use a ritual that has a bunch of tools is it has all the fluff. So it's basically a word for word, step by step. But if I don't have all those things, then it's going to be very fast. And I'm just going to basically give you what you need to know, like the short version of it. Gotcha. And you'll see that a lot in pagan, because you know, we call it pagan standard time because we're, you know, it's very, we're very laid back. The next thing we know we're two hours late and I'm like, okay, we're getting the condensed version. Light all the candles at once, bring everybody in at once, send everybody out at once. And it's not in me a wrong way or a right way it just you get the condensed version and it 
the message is still the same. Gotcha. So you actually mentioned uh, utilizing water in your ritual sometimes. I, I, I want to ask you about that because um, earlier I had spoke to someone who is Catholic. Um, she explained that they utilize holy water. I spoke to someone who kind of subscribes to like Buddhist philosophies. She also said that they use holy water. So uh, the water that pagans use, can you kind of... I guess explain that a little bit. Well, we have several different kinds of water because why wouldn't we? Because we have several gods. Of course. Um, we have what we call holy water. Our holy water is something that, just like in the Catholic, um, it's purified, it's set out, it's set with intent, and then it's touched or prayed over by somebody that of power. So like a high priestess. This is holy water because a high priestess prayed over it, just the same way as Catholics and as Buddhists. It's just regular purified water that somebody prayed over. Then we have what we call moon water, and it could be full moon water or new moon water. And that water is charged, which means set out. Instead of prayed over, it's charged, charged by the moon. Where the, the holy water is charged by the high priestess. The full moon and the new moon, that water is charged by the moon. So it's set out in the moonlight, normally three days, because your, your energy lasts in each moon phase about three days. So that's new moon water, full moon water, um, sun water. So if you're going to do any kind of fire magic and you need water, you would use sun water. So it's set up and it could, you know, obviously we don't have a new moon and a sun moon, but you could just, um, you just put it in the sun, almost like sun tea. And you just let it kind of get warm and then cool off and warm and cool off. And we do it three times. So it's a power of three. So we use three in a lot of things. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So um, everybody, obviously, remember I told you at the beginning of this to pay attention to patterns. Um, we've heard from three different people from three different, like, uh, religious and spiritual subscriptions. And every single one has some form of water that represents something. So um, thank you for, sh for sharing that information. Thank you for explaining that. Um, also, you did mention something but about... also in the patterns, a lot of religions use the power of three, not just pagans. There's the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Son, the God, the Holy Spirit, Son, the Father, Holy Spirit, depending on how they're doing it. And they everything goes in the power of three. And we did the same thing. Yeah. I don't know if the Buddhists have a power of three, but I think there is some type of three symbol, like something symbolic you in know the what? religion too. I'm not sure, but I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Vanny um, next time I talk to her, actually, about that. Um, but uh, so, so you mentioned a high priestess. Um, now, obviously, every sort of organized religion um, has, like, some sort of chain of command or uh, – which is what I call it, some sort of chain of, uh, chain of command. Um, can you explain to everyone, like, what a high priestess is to pagans? Generally, and not for everyone, because it, being pagan and have everything being polytheistic, depending on which path you are, and it could be so many different paths. But for me, being an eclectic path, if it worked for me, I used it. I went to a metaphysical school in Florida, and I got, I kind of got swept into it because I wanted to learn about uh, minerals and rocks and gemstones and things like that. And they had classes there. And of course, it's right out on the beach because we're in Florida. And I started going just to like their rock classes and their physical science classes and some of their oceanography classes, just because I'm kind of a nerd. And I had two hours that I didn't want to drive all the way back home from one class to another. 
because I had an internship and an externship as a nurse and I had two hours in between and I didn't want to go all the way home. So it just happened that those classes always worked out for me and I kind of got sucked into this school. And at first I was like, I feel like I'm very comfortable here, but I feel like I need to be on my toes. Like, does that make sense? Like you're comfortable, like you feel like you belong here, but you're not a hundred percent sure. You're like, I'm here for something more than what I'm doing. Yeah. And so I, you know, when I'm starting to talk to the people and then um, not just the students, but some of the different, cause they had religion classes there. They had death and dying classes there. Um, it was just like, I'm here for more. I need to dig in deeper. And before I knew it, I'm like, ready to drop out of nursing school and just stay there full time because I felt so comfortable there. Of course I didn't cause they don't pay the bills, but um, there's all the different classes and it, it's basically like going to um, just like how pastors get their uh, different, their doctrines and how deacons get their doctrines. But I kind of refer to how high priestess get their title by how deacons get their title, because I don't think deacons actually go to school. They kind of get, nominated or voted in by their congregation to me high priestesses do the same because a lot of high priestesses are not formally educated like a priest would or be like as a pastor would because i know some pastors are not they didn't go to the the school but basically voted in because of their works right to me high priestesses a lot of them are the same way i do know some have done classes and things like that but uh the same amount of people that I know have gone to classes and feel like they're formally trained. I know just as many that have not done anything and their magic is just as good. So I kind of feel like it's kind of like the deaconcy. Like you, you are with a group of people. They want to learn from you. So that gives you kind of the title or starting of it. The more you learn, the more you want to teach. And that kind of makes you a little bit higher. And then if you decide that you're going to run the rituals and basically take control of the energy that's being used that's what makes you the high priestess gotcha is because you're basically facilitating the energy regardless of what your religion is or your path is or anything like that it's just whoever is going to do for this ritual or for this ceremony you're going to kind of lead the way and take control of the ritual in your intent and focus your energy gotcha well thank you so much for explaining that to everyone um I, I appreciate it's like information it. overload. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure everyone's probably like, "Holy crap!" Like, <laughs> and also, it, it is. And I mean, this this episode specifically is going to be a lot for everyone to digest. I think um, because at, at the beginning of it, I talked about myself and my personal beliefs, and now I'm interviewing three different people, like I said, from three different walks of life who have three different you know, perspectives regarding religion and spirituality. And I'm sure that they're probably just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> right. So, um, okay, so let me ask you this. If you could speculate, what would you say paganism's main goal or agenda is here on this planet? That's hard. Um, <laughs> uh, you're not the first really person to depends. say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a hard one because we, to me, pagan pagans in general, they don't have the 
um, the devil made me do it or sin made me do it kind of backfall, you have to, you're held accountable for everything you do. You are held accountable for it. Someone can't pray you to heaven. Someone can't pray you to the other side. Someone can't make you look good in whichever God or goddess's eyes. Like it's basically you're accountable for yourself. Mm-hmm. So as far as like for the whole, you know, for it to be so broad, for it to be like to speculate what it would be for everybody. I think it's basically be good to one another, like love one another. Because even when we have, you know, God and goddesses, even when they love each other, as I was doing research, I'm like, you know, I did a research. I did a, a ritual about love, like around, I guess, Valentine's Day or something. Of course. And I kind of was like, yeah, I was kind of, well, St. Valentine's Day is not good for pagans. So I was trying to do, let's do love and let's follow around with that, you know, um, let's do like, let's find out what they did back in the day for how, what the God and goddesses did when they were courting, like if, if they were dating and once they got together or married and it was bad, like they hated each other and they chopped people up, they chopped each other up and very different parts in different places. And I'm like, what is happening? But they still love each other. And they always went back to one another, even though they were killing each other. And I, so that's the only thing I could think of that, like, how romantic. They, they still stayed together. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, I think it's just do the best you can with what you have. And because we have a, a new beginning every month, like with the new moons and the full moons and things like that, we've released a lot of energy that we say, we, this no longer serves me and I want this to serve me. So we ask for energy to be brought upon us and we release energy that don't serve us. I think we kind of, we have a, a systematic way of starting over. Like mm-hmm. I know yesterday was shit and I'm sorry, but when the moon goes to sleep tonight and the sun comes up, I get to start over. And you're held accountable for what you do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, it's not like, do you remember 14 years ago when you weren't quite that person that you needed to be? Well, you're damned to hell. Like, we don't have that. Right. We don't have that um, be good or, or be good and you get, and be bad and you go here, or you're going to be chopped up, buried in different places. We just don't have that in our religion. So we basically want to say... We start over and we do the best we can every day. Gotcha. Okay, cool. That That's a great answer, um, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so, I'm mind-boggling myself. <laughs> no, you're doing great. You're doing great. I... <laughs> I, I feel bad because I, I I know that you have a lot of things going on right now, and I feel bad for kind of putting you on the spot. But I mean, you know, people need to hear this, though. I feel like so. Um, okay, so last question. Well, pagans get a bad rap. They just don't know. That, that they is, don't know about paganism. That is. They true. always think that we have a lot of people that all that consider themselves pagan, but when you ask them what they believe in. They can't tell you and they don't practice what they preach and they can't even preach it. So that's a problem. Yeah. And because of those people doing that, I mean, you always have, you're going to always have the one crazy eccentric, holy rolling Christian. You might always have that one, you know, everybody knows somebody that did such and such. And you're like, no, we don't do the Jehovah witness things because they knock on our doors and all that. Because of one thing that, some may have happened to you, you categorize that whole group 
Right. Because I'm sure every Jehovah's Witness doesn't knock on somebody's door at dinner time. Right. Or, you know. Yeah. But if you see one person who claims to be pagan, then you're like, nope, pagans are crazy. They wear horns and cloaks and kill people at night. And you're like, that's not <laughs> what we do. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I feel like, and, and I was actually uh, talking to someone about this the other day about um, the satanic church, you know, and how satanists aren't, you know, they're always perceived as evil, um, like virgin sacrificing, like crazy people that have like these insane beliefs or whatever, but Really, the Satanic Church and their Satanic Bible or whatever, I, I don't know what it's called, um, but uh, they basically believe in, like, um, illuminating oneself, enlightening oneself and being the best version of you, and they're very pro-choice in a lot of different aspects, and, you know, they support feminism and all these other things, Um and it's like, you know, of course you're always going to have extremists in every single exactly. religion or form of spirituality. Like, there's always going to be, like, for example, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to point your fingers, so, so, so let me not give examples. But I just feel like there's always going to be extremists and radicals in literally everything, regardless of what the belief system is. Um, this is true. But, you know, if you really do the research and explore and look at the fundamental core of every single religion or form of spirituality. I mean, they, they're all kind of the same, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I was like, I don't ever want to tell anybody that they're wrong and I'm right because who really knows. Right. But when I have questions and I, and you can't answer them instead of pulling something completely out of left field, I would much rather you say, I don't know. Yeah. Or I don't know. Great question. Let's figure it out together. Right. And through the Christian religion, and I was not getting that. Yeah. And I just wanted somebody to be like, this is it. And they would say, the Bible will teach you everything you need to know. And I've read it cover to cover. And I said, I still don't know. Well, then read it again. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And the only thing I didn't really care about was paganism, why it wasn't, why it didn't draw me as fast is because there was no book. There was no Bible. Right. And it's everybody's opinion. And I was like, but there's not one person that I can, not one book I can pick up and read that everybody reads and everybody says this one's right. And they're like, nope. And I'm like, well, that's going to be hard for me. And it really was. Yeah. Because I don't have that roadmap. Everybody said the Bible's going to be my roadmap. But that's when I became eclectic and found out, well, found out the word for one thing that I could pick and choose how I wanted to be. And yeah. if it worked for me, great. And if it don't, don't use it again. And I'm like, oh, that's a thing? And they're like, that's a thing. So that's when I became eclectic. Right. Because some even now, I still practice with, when I have people that come and do baby blessings or baby names, if they want to have their baby baptized, I can still baptize in the name of, in the name of Jesus. Because why can't I? I don't, the deacons aren't any, any more religious or any more eccentric or any more taught than I am. So yeah. if somebody comes and I mean, I marry Christian people, I marry people of Buddha faith and I marry pagans. We just do a different ceremony. Yeah. So, so, so let me ask you this. Do you think paganism is more of a philosophy or more of a religion? I feel like it's a religion. 
Um, I think, I just feel like it's not, I don't think it's organized well. <laughs> okay. Because I don't have, you know, it's not an organized religion. Okay. Because I was very drawn to the ceremonial part. So I have all the basics in my ceremony, but I don't have the, um, the, yes, this is how you do it. And this is the right way. And this is the wrong way. We are in the Christians have no problem saying you can't do it that way. Yeah. That's not right. In the same way with the Catholics, they're like, nope, you can't do it that way. You, you know, you have, there's a system of things you can do before you can take communion. There's a systems of things you can do before you can become Catholic. There's a system of things you have to do before you get married in Catholic religion. So paganism lacks that because it doesn't tell me what I have to do before I go to the next level. That's the only thing that I wish I could pinpoint is to make it more organized because catch anybody on a crazy day and they could blame it. They could blame it on Satan or they could say I'm pagan and they're going to get the same response. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's you true. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's like, Oh, I'm just being crazy. Oh, the moon made me do it. And I'm just acting crazy. But Nobody said, well, you have to do these 13 steps before you can be a pagan. Nobody said that. And they're like, oh, you want to be a pagan tomorrow and get married and hand-fasted as a pagan? Okay, cool. Like, there's no, it's, it's not organized enough because there's so many different paths. And so, because they allow people to be eclectic, like, there is, they would, there would never be something to make it very, this is what you have to do before you can move on. Right. But I do feel like it's a religion because I, I do all the things as a high priestess, as I did when I was a Christian. I still pray. I still have my daily devotions. I still respect one another. I still respect and love people regardless of what religion. I don't judge people. Like, to me, that's what everybody does as a Christian on a day-to-day -day basis or as a Buddhist or as, as Islamic. Like, I feel like on a daily, that's what they do. Well, that's what I do, too. I just, so yeah, I feel like it's a religion and not just a way of life or a philosophy, but I just wish it was more organized. I feel like that roadmap Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I feel like we're on our own. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a little bit. I mean, maybe you should, uh, like branch off and create your own little, your own little thing and have your own little book. I mean, I could, <laughs> I should one of these days. Yeah. What, one of these days. <laughs> Um, so one more, I have one more question for you before we, we wrap everything up. Um, may, maybe you can, maybe you can't, but can you pinpoint a time in your life when you were going through like a really hard time and your religious beliefs, um, helped you get through it? There's been several, um, just being, and I don't know if it's the paganism part or if it's more of the spirituality part, but because pagans use different tools like my tarot cards or angel cards or things like that. Um, I've had times where I really needed to speak to people on the other side and I had a, my nephew committed suicide and two or three days after that, my son said he was going to commit suicide and I had him admitted and I was like, I just need to make sure, I just need to know that everybody's going to be okay. And I was like, I need to be talked off the ledge because I was on the ledge myself. I'm like, I can't bury one of my kids. I, I can't do it. And I felt so alone. And I went to my tarot cards and my tarot cards basically 
told me everything was going to be okay. But like everybody, I was like, nope, just tell me what I wanted to hear. Okay, now I need something else. You know, and I did three different things that they all told me that things were going to be okay. And then I did a prayer with a candle and I literally felt the presence of a good energy because I don't know if it was a goddess. I don't know if it was a guardian, but there was definitely a presence with me that literally was like, Rhonda, it's going to be okay. Because I still, even after everything was shown to me in my face, I was still like, nope, need one more thing to tell me yes. And I, you know, after everything was saying, yes, it was going to be okay. I still couldn't, I didn't trust myself. And I felt like I couldn't open up to a lot of people. So I was just like, I just went, like how people say they just went on their knees. I basically did that. I put all my cards on the table. I was just on the floor, just crying and just begging something to tell me everything was going to be okay. And I literally felt that presence. And that's when I was like, I need to do this every day because then I kind of, you know, just like everything, hindsight being 2020, I was like, I'm not doing enough. I should be doing this every day. I should pray every day. I should light a candle every day. I should make it a point to do X, Y, Z. And do I do it every day? No, but I do try. And I know that Buddhists do things like they do a daily devotion. And I know Christians have a daily devotion type um, journey that they go on. So I was like, I really, the pagans don't that I know of. So I kind of used bits and pieces because I'm eclectic of how the, um, the Buddhists have, the, they do the seven different offerings I kind of do that too, but my offerings are a little bit different because they're to whichever god or goddess I'm going to offer them to. And I kind of do it basically based on the calendar, but I have daily devotions now because when I needed that energy, it came to me. And so I'm like, I always want to make sure that if I don't know if my energy is going to someone else, but if someone else needs positive energy, I would hope that my energy would make someone feel good. And that's when I got into Reiki too. And I have um, friends that will tell me I can literally feel you when you say I'm going to do Reiki and it's crazy, but I can literally feel what you telling me you're doing. And that's all, all energy healing. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember when you did Reiki for me the, the first time, uh, that was, it was really intense. <laughs> energy work is, uh, real folks. <laughs> um, if you've never, it is, it is. If, if you've never looked into it, if you've never, I don't know, experienced it before, I mean, energy work is, it's, um, it, it's, I, I don't even know what the word is really. It's an extraordinary feeling when you're having energy work done on you, um, and I mean, I can imagine that as a healer, being able to help someone um, with Reiki or whatever, it, it's probably a good feeling on your end, too. So It is. It really is. But that when I had that feeling, that presence of something being with me and like with their arms wrapped around me and I literally could hear them telling me things were going to be OK. That's kind of how I feel like other people are saying when they're like, I'm just so down or they call me and say, talk me off a ledge. And they're like, maybe your, your voice is so calming, but it's this, I don't use a different voice. It's the same voice you always heard. You just needed it in a different way. And because I'm your high priestess, you called me. And I think it's the energy, our connection, our little energy path that we have. That is the soothing, you know, or the, the what's healing or using the compassion that you need. It's not really so much me. It's the God and God is flowing through me or the energy flowing through me. Right. Which I'm honored to do that. Just like anybody that's in 
a religious power or a religious, religious title, they use it because it makes them feel good. But it also makes the other person feel good. Like it's a it's a two way street for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I, I know that you've had a long day at work and stuff. So, thank you so much for like being on board. Oh, you're very with, welcome. Yeah, I I appreciate it so much. Oh my god, my dog's barking at me. She's like, let me in. I hear you talking. <laughs> She's like, I want to know too. Right. I want to tell you my spiritual beliefs, but um. <laughs> Of course. Right, <laughs> I right. would like to know what theirs are for sure. Yeah, what a weird... Yeah, me too. That would be an interesting not, conversation. I don't know any religion that's like, once the dog is gone, the dog is gone. And I want to know, like, in every religion, they're like, yep, your dog goes to heaven 100%. Like, no one says... That dog is never going to make it to the other side. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. Now that I think about so it. I think that's like our combining everything is like animals are literally our companions. Like we probably should worship our animals. They're probably the ones that are going to get us to the other side. Uh, yeah, actually, you're probably right. Um, yeah, they're uh, I mean, and if anything would make us go to the other side, like, you know, how they're like, follow the light. If anything would make me follow the light is show me my dog. Dude, yes, seriously. Oh, I would chase it 100%. Yeah, you know? seriously. Like, don't use a firefly. Show me my dog running because I'm going to go after it. Yeah, facts. Yeah, for real. Yeah, seriously. That's, wow, what an yep. interesting thing to think about. Uh, I'm probably going to research. I'm going to do more research on that later. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to dabble into all the different. Find out anything cool. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, anyway, I, I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, and again, I, I really hope that you guys paid attention to the patterns and stuff. Um, I hope that you guys were able to take away something good from this. Um, my overall takeaway from it is basically what every single person has said so far, which is just be good to one another. Love each other, like regardless of you know, our, our differences, we're all the same in some way, shape or form. So, um, yeah, just, just take care of each other. Okay. And I hope that you guys are out there spreading love and light. I hope that you guys are out there doing good deeds and trying to help each other and, you know, just be, just be good to each other. Okay. All right. Well, I will catch y'all on the flip side.